Hey everyone, it's Ronan and JR. Uh, we wanted to have a quick announcement before the start of our podcast to explain why we're doing it, but we're getting a lot of questions from clients, people we're connected to, and you know we recognize the severity of the situation and we're in no way downplaying that, but we thought it would be good for us to get together and do a short podcast and maybe we'll do another one in the coming weeks as we all get through this. John? And we're going to try to, you know, keep some of our usual trademark humor. It's difficult to shut Rona up anyway, uh, as people probably know, but um, humor is a good coping mechanism. But we do um, for sure understand the very difficult um, circumstances people are dealing with. Um, a lot of folks that are less fortunate than we are. Um, so we're focused on that and uh, trying to figure out a way to support other folks in, in any way we can. So be safe out there and please reach out and all the best. Thank you. Welcome everybody. Shut up, Ramsey. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the latest episode of Boxes and Lines. Boxes and Lines. <laughs> and we're actually not in our podcast booth today. Today is Tuesday, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. And, you know, we try to bring a little levity when we talk about market structure. Uh, but unfortunately, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world and uh, U.S. and it has us working from home today. So today... I am in Morristown, New Jersey, and my lovely friend John Ramsey is. I am in Quag, New York. So we. How do you are... spell Quag, John? You spell, spell Quag. Q U O G U E. Very good. So you're staying safe. Yeah. You're staying stocked up, but you just staying couldn't get away from safe. me. Uh, couldn't get away from you as far as and hard as I try. Uh, <laughs> I can't. I quit. I can't quit you. I can't quit you, man. I can't quit you. Yeah. Now I'm not drinking a liquidity beer, which is our normal tradition, because I don't have any in my house. But I am yeah. having a nice Danish lager called Carlsberg, which happens to be my favorite beer. What are you drinking, John? All right. Well, you well actually, I'm um, I'm sober. I'm not having uh, anything to drink. Uh, so, um, but that's, that's fine true. that you that's are. Not true. Well, it's not true, but it's really. I don't think it's any of your business or that of our studio audience uh, as well. Our studio audience. We have a studio uh, well, audience. Today. We don't. We don't have a studio audience. But I mean, if we did have a studio audience, anyway. Um, so I'm, we're yeah. not in the sweaty podcast booth, but what I did today is I wore one of those wrestling suits, so I'm sweating right now, to simulate mm -hmm. what it's like to be in that box. Yeah, well, I can I can see him, folks, and it's not pretty. Uh, it is actually uh, looking <laughs> kind of grim there. Yeah. Um, so what are we talking about but today, it, it, Well, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, the thing, I guess, that is on everybody's mind, which is this pandemic and how people are coping with it. Um, and some observations about uh, about the markets and previous um, uh, previous times um, when people have been through difficulty and how they've adapted and um, stuff like that. So I assume that's what people will be most interested in. Yeah, and I'll tell people from an IEX standpoint. Obviously, this uh, coronavirus, you know, crept up on people, but we've known for several weeks before it escalated to the level that it's at. Um, and we started doing a lot of testing. So we've been testing. We're about 112 employees right now. And over the past few weeks, we've been testing our working from home capabilities. If everybody's using the VPN at the same time, does it work? Uh, can we remotely start the, the platform itself? And um, we even before we started to work from home, uh, we took a third, a third, a third of our employees and had them work from home, proved that that worked. Then we had everybody connect to the VPN. And now since last Friday, uh, we've had virtually everybody in our company, company 
uh, working remotely and learning how to use uh, Zoom video conferencing services, which actually is very, very good. But um, what's been great is all the planning that went into place with our crisis management team and our chief risk officer and all the work that people have done to set us up like this over the past couple of years. You, you, you don't want to ever use it, but when you, you want to use it, you want to make sure it works and it, it is working and it is working well. And, and I miss seeing people in person, but um, you know, all else being said, we're faring very well during this. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I'm very impressed by all the work that's gone into us, both at our, our company and at firms across the street. Um, it seems I'm, I'm amazed at how relatively well and nimbly people are able to adapt to this kind of um, circumstance. And although it's hugely disruptive, um, obviously, uh, it is um, extraordinary with the right kind of planning how much you can continue to get accomplished um, during the course of, of, of a day with kind of remote connections and the use of Zoom and all of those things. So, you know, it's going to take a little bit more time to get into a steady rhythm, but, um, but I think it really is a, a tribute to all of the people out there that go into planning for these kinds of circumstances. It's really um, yeah. my hats off to you. Absolutely. And we, we've been talking to both the buy side and the sell side and even competitor exchanges and everybody seems to be faring well and doing similar things. Some are splitting employees up over three different offices. Some are having everybody work from home, uh, but everybody seems to have contingency plans in place. And if you think about it, it's not just working from home under normal circumstances. Obviously, everybody who's watching the market sees how much volume is trading relative to the norm and how much stress that puts on the system. And the system itself has been able to hold up very, very well. So again, it's not just working from home and testing things remotely. It's doing so under like quite a bit of duress. So it's, it's right. been really, really impressive how seamless this has gone. And, and not, just, um, not just on the street, but the commission, the SEC as well, um, yeah. certainly in the headquarters, I suspect most of their other offices has been working remotely. Um, we've been in steady touch with them. Um, they've, they've put out, they've done a lot of work um, in that kind of mode uh, to provide relief, um, you know, short-term, other kinds of relief that people need, um, regulatory relief in order to be able to, able to adapt to the current circumstances. So um, I think they've also um, done very well in being able to adapt um, kind of in a very short uh, period of time to these kinds of circumstances. So fantastic. Um, and of course, so I have I, to say that because they're our regulator. So, you know, yeah, we're, we're opportunity we, to we, kiss we, up when I can. We are on tape after all. We love you, SEC. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so John, speaking of SEC, <laughs> uh, you like to rub in every time I make fun of you that you're former acting head of trading and markets. And I was curious, mm -hmm. you know, so mm -hmm. obviously it's 2020 and what we're going through now. Uh, I know you lived through different things at the SEC um, back in the day, but back in the yep. day they were, they were, <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I'm you're going to start I, making I, your ageist it's, comments it's, again, it's, right. It's, yes, I remember the 1917 flu yeah. pandemic, and uh, it's not yeah. it's not aged. Like I like vintage cars. You can like vintage mm -hmm. people, <laughs> uh, but no, I you know to the extent that you can comment on what's different now versus then, or yeah, just just uh, previous things you've gone through that sort of right. remind you of this. But obviously, it's well, a, it's obviously a different time. Yeah, it's a different time. Um, the thing I guess that comes closest, well, I'm thinking about the time uh, most recently when I was at the commission. Um, so you had, uh, well, before that, you had the financial crisis, of course, which was uh, which was a big deal, stretched for a long period of time, um, a lot of difficulty from people on, on Wall Street and otherwise. Um, you had 9-11. Uh, I was working at the Bond Market Association at the time there, and 
one of my lasting memories about that um, time period was uh, really the sense of solidarity and how people on Wall Street um, came together uh, really um, at, at a moment's notice um, to support each other. Uh, I remember, I mean, for the Bond Market Association, one of the big tasks back then was to try to um, piece together various trades that, you know, were interrupted um, because of the, uh, you know, where the, where the records or systems were just obliterated um, and trying to um, put all of that back together. And you had back office folks that, uh, you know, never get very much credit um, that literally were sleeping in their desks for like weeks on end um, and working really well with each other um, to, to try to put things. And that was the spirit that really lasted for a long period of time. Um, so I'm hoping I'm, it, 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 it feels to me like there's that kind of solidarity here again. The thing that's different about this one, I think, is that there's just kind of the personal sense of, um, of you know, both, both exposure and concern that people have about their colleagues, about their families, certainly about their elderly relatives, concern about keeping them safe. So it's kind of like there's that that kind of personal connection to this one that, uh, you know, nobody can really get away from. Um, hopefully that kind of reinforces the need for everybody to pull together and um, sort of, you know, row with one or, or whatever the expression is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, kind of. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I think uh, for us, and again, we hear that there are people uh, who are not, you know, in equity markets who do listen to this podcast, and we thought we'd kind of give you a perspective of usually, and it's, it's fairly standard or very well known that when the markets become more volatile, um, what happens generally is there's more displayed trading. Um, TRF means, uh, uh, TRF is just off exchange trading. Usually TRF at the moment is close to 40% of all volume. But when things get volatile, when people get nervous, they want some certainty on their executions and they tend to go back to the exchanges and you'll see the TRF volume drop. And we saw that as of a couple of weeks ago, uh, volatility hit, spiked, and people went to more of the exchanges, the display trading, leaving less, uh, trading less volume in the dark pools. So it's been, it's been interesting. It's kind of stuck to that, uh, you know, that usual mantra. However, uh, in the last week or so, We've seen that the TRF has crept back in. It's, I think it was uh, 37%, 38% today. Uh, don't have it in front of me as I speak to you. But uh, also there's been some changes around like um, less trading on the inverted exchanges. So it's kind of a little bit uncharted ter territory at the moment in that it's following the usual volatile means more displayed trading on exchanges. Uh, but even at IEX, a mostly a dark venue, uh, we've seen quite a uh, uptick in our market share as of late as well. So it's it's one of these things, like John was saying in the past, it's uh, uncertainty is uh, it's, it's a little confusing. So we're kind of watching this on a daily basis and trying to figure out uh, where things stand. Right. Well, and you also have, so you have um, uh, people seeking the safety of, to a certain extent, of uh, the transparency, the more regulated exchange environment, a little bit of a tick down in the... Um, uh, the off exchange, the TRF numbers, um, but also, you know, you, you've been seeing uh, for a long time um, a reduction in liquidity um, in the form of available shares at the uh, at the best price at the MBBO um, in equities, um, uh, even really before this latest volatility. And one thing we know about volatility is that it further um, tends to contract um, the amount of available liquidity. 
Um, so that so that's an issue that I do think that um, regulators uh, and and others need to really focus on is ways to incentivize people to provide the displayed liquidity in these kinds of circumstances and and others. Um, so for uh, this for this podcast in particular, what we did um, we just sort of reached out uh, via social media yesterday and we asked people who were connected to if you have any questions, you know, ask them and you know maybe, maybe we'll do another podcast next week to the extent that we have uh, information to talk about. But some of the questions, did you hear that, guys? That was ice in John Ramsey's drink that he says he's not drinking because I'm on video. Okay, and I all right. Uh, you know, you don't have to call me out on that, you know? I mean... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the podcast. So yeah. a, lot of, a lot of the questions, the theme coming in is around, uh, you know, the government regulators. Do they need to step in and address volatility specifically? And there's been a lot of chatter... Uh, both in the news, on CNBC and Bloomberg around proposal to shut the market for a period of time. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that, John? Well, I think so, yeah. The most extreme um, suggestions um, are from you know, people talking about just shutting the markets down for a, a week, uh, uh, two weeks, you know, whatever it is. I can't imagine that that's going to make anything, uh, things much better. Uh, number one, I haven't heard many people um, really making that as a serious suggestion. I guess the only thing that I would have to say, given that we feel like we're in su such uncharted territory, um, and we haven't really faced anything very um, similar to this before, is you never want to like completely take anything off the table. But, uh, you know, depriving people of the chance to trade in or out of positions um, at all uh, doesn't strike me as something that's likely to lead to a, an increase in confidence um, and make people yeah. um, feel better. No, so. I, I, I agree. I mean, listen, um, I, obviously, you know, back when there was previous uh, occurrences on the markets, there was very re various reasons, like September 11th, there was technology issues uh, with downtown New York. And, and even with the coronavirus, obviously, if we had the old trading pits of, you know, yesteryear, it would be problematic. But the fact is, everything is electronic and everything is working seamlessly. And it, it, it's, it's, it's clear as day that if you were to shut down the market, if you think on a day-by-day -day basis, market's up, market's down the next day, if you were to shut down the market for a week, you'd probably lead to more mass panic for when it were to open again. It, it doesn't really make system in the construct, sorry, it doesn't make sense in the construct of the current system that you would need to shut it down. How much do you have to drink? Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not the one drinking scotch. I'm just itching okay, my arm right, drinking okay. Carlsberg. All right, okay. But yeah, no, so I, I just think, too, like how can you shut down like U.S. equities in isolation with all the other asset classes and, you know, all the, you know, interlisted names, like you'd have to tr shut down the Canadian markets. It just, I, I think it would be too much and it's too much to do when there's, there's not really an issue with what's going on right now. I think everybody, you know, obviously their personal accounts are not looking great over the past week or two. But I think anyone objectively looking with how the market is reacting and handling all this additional trading, handling people being remote, it's, 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 it's been positive from that aspect of things. And, and actually, next question was around uh, the market-wide circuit breaker, right? So since last week, there's been three market-wide circuit breakers tripped. And a circuit breaker is basically what the circuit breaker has tripped is uh, the market's up or down 7% uh, starts the cir first circuit breaker. It's on a broad-based index. So you're talking about the yeah. S&P 500 index yeah. and, and the decline uh, but more than a per, per certain percentage amount. Exactly. So you, you, you open up the market, it declines over 7%, for example, which has happened three times in the past week. They shut down trading. 
the market shut down trading, the primary market shut down trading for 15 minutes, just to sort of come, uh, get buyers and sellers together again and open it once more. And then the next circuit breaker that would kick in would be at a 13% swing. And that would be another 15 minutes. And then if the market was actually down 20% at any point during the day, they would shut down the market for the day. So this is- And we, haven't, market... we haven't hit the 13% uh, yeah, any yeah. time over so far, yeah. Exactly. So we, we've seen it hit the 7% circuit breaker for the first time ever, three times in the past uh, week and a half or so. However, again, while that seems a little shocking and, you know, the first time it hit dramatic was 934, I think it was last Monday or Tuesday, whatever day it was. Yeah. In any case, everything seemed to work again, right? Like everything seemed to work. Right. It shut down 15 minutes later, uh, markets turned back up again and, every, and everything was, you know, mo mostly fine. Right, John? Right. Yes. No, I think everybody, uh, I think all of the people that I've heard have suggested that the, the plumbing and the apparatus and everything that's put in place has worked the way that it's intended. The one criticism that I've heard that I, I tend to uh, agree with, or at least have sympathy with, um, is that these circuit breakers may not make as, nearly as much sense early in the morning, um, basically, to halt trading the moment that you open. Um, yeah. If you're opening really down big um, because there's been a big downturn in the futures market, uh, what? Uh, how much sense does it make to technically uh, open on the listing markets and three minutes later um, automatically you know, go right into a hole? Um, I, I think our friend Matt Kanakin sort of suggested he thought there wasn't much point in that. Um, so I, I, I do think that they make some sense um, during you know, kind of the regular course of the trading day if you have some unexpected news or development that people really don't have a chance to digest and need a chance to kind of take a breath and step back and, and take that into account. Yeah, that's um, a fair point because all three circuit breaker trips have all happened within like the first 15 minutes of the day, right? Right, yeah. And I, and I, I think, think that's right. Yeah, no, I, it, was, well, it was, well, let's say for sure it was in the first 30 minutes of the day. Um, also, I think the circuit breakers do not kick in in the last half hour of the day. So maybe John Ramsey's drinking again, if you've heard the ice. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, another question we were asked, uh, and sorry, thank you to those who got back to us and asked questions. And like I said, maybe if this makes sense doing a remote podcast, we'll do another one shortly. Uh, we can't get to everything, but another question that was asked was around uh, banning of short sales or a move to the uptick rule. And again, it's, right. it's similar to shutting down the markets. This is something that we've been asked uh, both from our broker and buy side partners, as well as people on uh, LinkedIn when we put out requests for questions last night. What, what do you say there, John? Well, again, I guess I, I, you know, I've been around long enough to know that every time there's a lot of market um, volatility, um, people always criticize short selling, um, you know, maybe in some circumstances with good reason. But again, I don't think as a general matter, you put the markets in a better position to recover by limiting people's flexibility in terms of how they can trade. Because um, you, in, in some sense, you're depriving people of an ability to trade in a certain way. It doesn't mean that the selling pressure goes away. Um, it just means that it's going to, you know, it's going to be deferred or it's going to come out in a different way. Or it may be, um, it may be, you know, more volatile, more dramatic um, when you finally um, loosen those restrictions. So I think the idea of banning short selling uh, is a really hard one to justify. 
Um, another less um, radical idea is to just uh, do a temporary uh, requirement for the so-called uptick rule. So you can sell short, but it has to be, you know, when the when the uh, price is moving up or where there's an uptick in the um, in the national uh, best bid. I don't. Um, I, I I have a little bit more sympathy with that one, but in general, I don't think it's a great idea to deprive people of tools um, that they uh, that they would have available for trade. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess what I would say is just obviously, again, today was another volatile day in the market. And with such uncertainty around coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, it, um, it, it's hard to know. I think all of these things will continue to get a look-see as this progresses further. So I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, I agree with you completely. Yeah. How are things out there in Morristown? Are people, uh, people, are people doing people freaked out so no what i would say is you know like i have teenager kids and uh, at this point now they've been in the house and locked down since last thursday night and you know there, there's frustration there but there's also fear there from my wife and i standpoint it's a uh, better better safe yeah. than sorry so i mean right. it's, it's it's one of these things and we're not making light of what's going on it, it, it is very scary you see things on the news you don't know what's going to happen and it just you know requires a bit of people being sensical and you know, following, you know, the following instructions on social distancing, uh, as much as a pain in the ass as it is, is probably a very smart thing to do. And um, hopefully this will wane sooner than later and we're all back in the office busting each other's chops face to face. Yeah, well, and you will bust my chops whether we're face to face or not, uh, I know. Uh, but again, I have been impressed in just looking at emails back and forth and um, communicating with people that work at other firms in um, different different places on the street. Um, just how like, out of their way people seem to be willing, uh, trying to go to sort of extend basic common courtesies um, and, uh, you know, sort of small kindnesses, things that yeah. um, kind of like remind us that we're, we really are all in this one together and uh, need to sort of pull together. And um, so it, it has been kind of reaffirming for me to see that um, there is a lot of that uh, evidence of that happening. Yeah, you're 100% correct. I mean, corny as it sounds, but like there's always like this negative connotation to Wall Street. And yeah, we are very, very competitive, uh, both, both, you know, with our peers as well as our competitors. But I can tell you, like unequivocally, people have definitely uh, come together uh, and that, that's been a, a definite bright point to all of this. So, you know, hopefully by the time we put out our next podcast, we'll have better news to report. But we just wanted to put this one together really quickly, touch upon some of the things that we've seen. And it's just, you know, the synopsis is it's been remarkable how people have handled this, how the technology has stood up. And, um, you know, we're, 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 we're blessed that we can be at home with our families. And for those people who, who have to work and get out there in the public, uh, you know, hopefully that they'll be safe. And um, that's it for now, John, right? And I'm blessed with you, my little leprechaun friend. I hope you have fun out there in Cahog. God bless you. God um, bless you and your wife and your children too. Okay, that's all for now. All Boxes and lines. All right. Yeah. Happy <laughs> St. Patrick's Day to you all. <laughs> Take care. Speak to you soon. Bye.
information and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational and educational purposes only, and IEX Group, Inc. and its affiliates do not make any representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in this podcast. Nothing in this podcast constitutes a solicitation or offer to buy or sell any securities or provide any investment advice or service. Some portions of the preceding conversations may have been edited for length or clarity. Copyright IEX Group, Inc. All rights reserved.